This week's podcast brought to you by Stifler's Mom. I was at a youth soccer tournament this past weekend, and one of the tents they had set up was where kids could get a t-shirt, and um, they had all these different iron-ons that you could get put right on the t-shirt, and you could get your name on, or your number on the back, and our daughter was so excited, you know, she wanted a tournament t-shirt, she's never gotten a soccer tournament t-shirt, so of course I was going to get her the soccer tournament t-shirt. The, it came to like $30 and 27 cents. And so I handed the girl $30 and 50 cents and she didn't give me any change. And I was like wondering, am I supposed to tip this girl? Am I now the cheap person because she didn't give me the 25 cents change or however the, 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 the thing worked. I'm looking around for a tip jar. It's not there. She never acknowledged that she owed me like 22 cents of change or whatever the, the real amount was. And um, do kids just pretend like they don't have to give you your change? Does changing not exist in, in this new world? Like, I, I, I need some help here. Maybe she was afraid of change. You know what we are? What are we? We are two fully vaxxed people sitting across the room from one another. Well, we've both... There are four shots between us, but I need to wait 12 more days before I'm fully vaxxed. I yeah. got my second shot, though. You did get your second shot, and um, I got I I got Pfizer. You got Moderna. My my effects were just a, a sore arm. You got what actually a couple of people have told me who've gotten Moderna experienced, and that was um, a night of like chills and aches and that sort of thing, right? Well, I mean... It, it, I don't want to put people off. It was no. It well, was just, it was, was one night. I was grateful to have it, and um, but didn't it help? Because that morning that you got your shot, I had talked to a friend, and she told me her what what happened to her, and I told you that. Wasn't it helpful to know that while you were going through that? It was kind of a normal thing. I was kind of looking forward to it, Mister Toad's wild ride, and I, I and I went on a wild ride. Uh, I, I, it was Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit playing in my head all night on Saturday night. I was having visions, weird dreams. I was teeth chatteringly shivering in bed. I didn't know about the visions and weird dreams. Were you really? Yeah, I was. I had, I had, I fell asleep with the Dodgers Padres game on, and uh, and then I had dreams, anchorman like dreams uh, of gangs, roving gangs of not anchormen, but I think they were baseball players in Padre and Dodger uniforms, but in parking lots. It was it was it was odd. That is odd. But probably would that have been a dream you might have had in a on a normal night? It might have been. <laughs> and, and given the intensity of the Padres Dodgers rivalry so far this season, it might have been happening on TV. I, I'm not, still not sure. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, I actually, um, as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I have to leave to go pick up our oldest daughter from school because today she gets her. Um, second vaccination shot. So. Sixteen and over is eligible in Connecticut. Yeah, so uh, you know they said move your arm around a lot and drink a lot of water. So I drank a uh, hundred plus ounces of water, and I was and I was rotating my arm while driving around. People were looking at me strangely at intersections. See, they didn't tell me either of those well, things. Well, and the reason they didn't tell you is because it, neither of them does anything. Right. Um, and I so I asked her daughter this morning, "Did you drink a lot of water this morning?" 
in preparation for your shot, she said, well, I had a glass of water last night, and I had another glass of water this morning, which to her is, is a form of waterboarding. Right. Uh, I think that might be the first two glasses of water of the week. But um, but I did I did all, uh, because the kid who gave me the shot, I say kid, he appeared to be about 20 years old, said, uh, uh you know, you, you can take Tylenol if you experience mild flu-like symptoms. And uh, and I, I love that euphemism, the mild flu-like symptoms for uh, for uh, being in the fetal position and, and hearing uh, go ask Alice when she's 10 feet tall all night. But nevertheless, but as I say, it, a pleasure and a privilege. You're a better man, we assume, for it or something like that. Yeah, I think so. We're sort of back in the full swing of youth sports. We've got um, kids playing soccer and softball and tennis and basketball, and there's a lot going on. Um, but my favorite sports moment um, in a while happened this weekend, and our our 10-year-old was at a soccer tournament. And um, there was a couple hours between games, and so uh, you weren't allowed to you know, congregate in the, at the soccer field. So just down the street, there was this park area, and... Um, she and her teammates were out there, and, and one of the moms had brought bubbles, um, you know, the bubble Michael stuff. Michael Jackson's old chimp, right? <laughs> the bubble stuff. So the kids are, like, blowing bubbles, and they're running around, and they're trying to get the cars who are passing to, to honk their horns. And they were just being 10 years old, and it was kind of delightful to see these kids um, running around on, on a beautiful day. But So that was that was part A of, of you know, this the delightful experience. And then I was talking to one of the dads, um, and he has a six-year-old son, and his son ha- is the youngest of four and has watched all of his sisters go through and play soccer. And since he could walk, he'd be kind of on the side with a soccer ball, you know, moving it around and kicking it. Anyway, he had his first, um, like, it was park and rec soccer league thing of his life that afternoon. And, um, and I was asking his dad about it. And, um, and he, the dad said to me, he's like, I, you know, because I said to the dad, I said, you know, was he excited? And he said, well, I asked him that. And, uh, and his son said to him, I've been waiting for this my whole life. He's my six, whole life. My whole life. The well, six-year-old boy who's been the, the youngest of four, who's been following his sisters to their soccer events forever. The, his sisters are terrific soccer players. Um, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And he finally got to go and play three-on-three soccer. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Can, can't we just bottle that up? And you know, I was talking about how I remember... With some of our kids, you know, when it was, whenever it was the first game of whatever sport they were playing of the season, softball, basketball, whatever, and their game wouldn't be till the afternoon, uh, but on a weekend, and the, you know, they'd walk, come down the stairs at seven in the morning in their full uniform, and like, how awesome that was, and um, especially for the for a younger sibling who had been following older siblings. So, I just we, we wish we could bottle that kind of energy and enthusiasm. I've been waiting for this my whole life. We've been getting the opposite of that now, where the kids put on their uniforms right before they need to leave for their game or practice, but it's hard to get them out of their uniforms yes. afterwards. So a, a 10 a.m. soccer match might have your son still in his soccer gear with shin guards on at dinner time. Yeah, that did happen this weekend. Um, it, and, well, it did kind of make me happy, though, because the second day of this weekend tournament, it was rainy out, and there was a 100% chance of rain all day long. 
and I was texting one of my friends and just saying like, oh, why don't they cancel this? Like, is there a single person who actually wants to be playing or watching soccer on this rainy day? And then got in the car with our 10 year old and <laughs> unprompted our, our 10 year old and it was her soccer game said to me, um, sometimes I really like playing in the rain. And I was like, well, I guess there's the one person <laughs> and her teammates too. They were all enjoying playing in the rain. That, that's, that's why we're still having the game in the rain because these kids are actually enjoying it as the rest of us are kind it, of uh, bundled it, up on the sideline trying to stay dry. I was going to say, and, it, and it, I enjoy the spectacle of you in your tailgating ro- rocking chair um, in a blanket looking like Whistler's mother. <laughs> I don't know what Whistler's mother is. Um, Schiffler's mom, but I don't no, know not Whistler's st- mother. Not Stifler's. <laughs> or not Stifler's. Stifler's. Stifler's mom. But um, no, it was. Wait a, a minute. Wait a minute. It was a rainy day, so I wasn't in the rocking chair and I didn't have the blanket because then I just would have been wet. I was standing on the side with a big giant umbrella. Surely you know this painting of Whistler's oh, mother. Oh, yes. Okay. I just didn't know that's what I, it was I, called. I am, I am incredibly <laughs> proud that, that my I wife know doesn't Stifler's know Whistler's mother, but she knows Stifler's mother. <laughs> I mean, did we just learn that this morning? What's that? that? That you don't know Whistler's mother. Fair enough. But you do. <laughs> and know I call her Schiffler's. Schiffler's mother. Yes. So we're gonna have to explain both of these because we may. Who knows what the Venn diagram of our listenership is? We may have listeners who don't know either. We may have listeners who know one or the other. Why don't we do this? And Whistler's I, mother is the famous painting. Why don't I post I don't, on I Instagram a picture of both? Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, James McNeil Whistler is the artist. I, I couldn't have told you his first name. And the portrait of his mother, I think it's officially called Arrangement in Gray and Black Number 1, according to Wikipedia, is an instantly recognizable painting. Whistler's mother. Yes. Stifler's mother. Why don't you explain who Stifler's mother is? Well, from the movie American Pie. I mean, does, does she need explanation? <laughs> Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. I don't think she Whistler. <laughs> Whistler's mother. And you, you've never been less proud of me. I've oh, never. No, I, I, I'm. I, I would much rather, much rather that you, if you can only know one mother, one mother, <laughs> <laughs> that it be the one I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Stacy's mom also. Uh, well, yeah, I don't even know where we go from here. Well, but, I'm uh, just going to keep trucking along, talking about some youth sports. We okay. were at our our freshman's high school softball game yesterday and um it was a tough game especially because the pitcher for the other team already has a scholarship um has she's only junior in high school but has signed to play with an acc school and can really really pitch who's 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 uh, mascot is a blue devil yeah, right yes the, the, she's signed to play at duke and she's a really good pitcher so it was, it was hard for our team to and i'm sure it's hard for most teams to get hits off of um this very talented pitcher but um i took a it would it would be hard for Major League Baseball players to get hit, hits off this. I'm serious. Yeah, it sure would. It's coming in and from an odd angle, from a relatively short distance, uh, and it gets on smoking. you real fast. Yeah. yeah. So I, I took a, a video just of our daughter's at bat, which I think was three pitches, <laughs> but and sent it to Holly Rowe. Well, to her credit, she was swinging. She was swinging, and she was she was not prolonging the agony. No, she good <laughs> exactly. 
And uh, but I took a video of just one of the pitches and swings and sent it to Holly Rowe because Holly covers the uh, the you know women's softball Were you world series for, for a mechanical breakdown. No, of her, of her no, swing? I just because we had texted earlier in the day and I told her you know that's where I was going. So anyway, I just sent it to her, and I, I just loved that Holly's her only her just her text response was, "Poor thing, her strike zone is huge." <laughs> and yeah, fair She's enough. She's not wrong. Our, our daughter is literally head and shoulders above every one of her teammates uh physically and has um a strike zone that's uh that doesn't lend itself to getting walked very often that's for sure all right i've got one more youth sports story and then i'll be done um i was at a basketball game this weekend as a parent not coaching and this is what i've vowed to myself is that i'm not going to let any other adult steal even a little bit of the joy I get from watching our kids. And so that manifested itself this weekend in... And lasted for 30 seconds? No, no. I I made this decision while I was there. Can I give you two words of advice or possibly one compound (laughs) word of advice? Yes. Earplugs. Yeah, well, there's a story here. So the the way this court is, um, there's not a lot of places to sit and so parents from both teams are sitting like next to each other in front of each other behind each other whatever and there was a parent on the other team who was was just saying stuff that was raising my temperature making me a little bit annoyed and so I said to the the mom sitting next to me I said as soon as there's a timeout I'm going to walk to the other end of the court because the the bleachers were actually on the baselines. And I said, I'm going to walk to the other end of the court and just watch from down there. And there weren't any timeouts. And my temperature was continuing to get elevated by a degree at a time, compounded, (laughs) a degree, another degree, another degree. And at one point, I just looked at the mom next to me as a friend of mine. I said, Actually, I'm not going to wait until there's a timeout. So in this middle of in the middle of this game, I just get up, walked to the under the end of the court, the game that's happening like on the court next to it. I had to like tiptoe around a kid who was trying to <laughs> inbound the basketball, got to the other end where there were not as many parents and um and was able to kind of watch the game sort of in peace. And uh and I was telling this story to to another one of my friends and she's like She's like, so what's the next step? She's like, why don't you just carry like noise canceling headphones? And if people, <laughs> if people are saying things and you can't escape it, just like pull out of your bag, a pair of Bose or whatever noise canceling headphones, put them on. And then you can like enjoy the game in peace. Or the, the next thing will be to like leave the room and watch from this. This one gym has like a viewing area up above where you're completely removed from everyone. You can do that. <laughs> but that that's my that's gonna be my thing. I'm not going to let something that somebody else is saying take away the joy that I'm trying to get from watching a youth activity. I can't. I, I carry a noise canceling towel, and uh, the way it works is when I hear somebody yelling something obnoxious, I clamp it over their face. <laughs> that would work Get chloroform on it. I gag them. That would work too. Uh, did did any were any of those comments of the sort? This is in basketball. And, and in fact, I know the gym where you were, and they take your temperature when you walk in uh, as a COVID precaution. COVID precaution. Yeah. Did you did you ever walk over and seize that thing and then take your own temperature at, 
throughout the game and, and, and confirm that it was rising a degree at a time? No, I don't. It's not my external temperature. It's it's my blood. And I feel it getting sort of, you know, it, first it might percolate and then you're just trying to keep it from boiling because when it boils, then you might say something it's like that the, you don't want to say. It's like the sticker on ground beef that says cook to an internal temperature of. <laughs> yes. Yes. My internal temperature. I was. Um, you were cooked. Uh, yeah. And like p- poultry. It, it was high. This is a, I think this is our second podcast in a row in which poultry has been prominent. Is it? Yeah. Last week there was there was poultry. Um, were, were any of those comments of the category? This is in basketball where uh, the spectator, on the pretense of giving advice to their child or one of the kids is on their team, yours? is heckling yours. Is actually heckling yours. Yes, yeah, it yeah. was. So. Make her go to her right, or she can't go to her left. And and no, I'm the, okay. the I'm defense okay with the defense is the defense for that person is well. I'm just I'm just offering unsolicited advice as an obnoxious uh, adult. I'm not I'm not belittling a kid on the other team with my comments. See, I'm okay with force her left. Force her, like if they're saying force I'm her not. left with a with I'm a not, coach. I'm not okay with look for the open man or yeah. You, or, they sh- you shouldn't say anything. You shouldn't, you shouldn't coach. Anything. You, you shouldn't, shouldn't coach. Anything. You shouldn't coach. Period. Your kids are already you know having a hard enough time hearing their own coach. Um, but language matters, and so force her left is very very different from saying she can't go right. She can't go right. Force her left. Okay, that that's fair game. She can't go right is heckling the kid without directly speaking to them. We've talked about this before, but yes, it was, so I just removed myself. I'm gonna remove myself from the, from from the, the you know, the boiling pot or I whatever would, it would be. I would literally take it one step further and remove myself from the gym. I know you'd- A couple like, more steps and you're out the door. Yeah, there's That's, a reason that I'm the one who attends. Well, there's a couple reasons. Like, I really like watching the kids and I, I, that trumps the other stuff around it. You get really, really frustrated with the environment in which no, they're no, playing no, for very good no. reason. The, the, the reason is I'm usually the one in the stands. You're usually That's coaching. That's true. So you don't listen to the nonsense. You're That's not true. surrounded by it. That's true. You know, it's funny. My, my, my friend, when we were watching the, um, the soccer tournament, my friend's husband, who they have five kids, and he has coached them all and everything, he was there that day watching as a spectator, and he said that exact same thing. He said, man, like, parents are crazy over here. He said, I'm so used to coaching and being way on the other side of the field when you're just with the kids, and so you don't hear it all. So I think that's absolutely true. So that's probably what it is. I'm used to, at these basketball games, being on the other side of the gym, just coaching the kids and not listening to all of that. There was that. a piece in the Hartford Current this weekend about, um, well, ostensibly about two Major League umpires who are from Connecticut, but they're they're um, lobbying for a bill in the Connecticut state legislature that would make uh, uh, crimes against youth sports officials a Class C felony, um, abuse of of those officials, um, because, as the piece noted. It's increasingly hard for youth leagues to find this baseball, basketball, all sports, young people or old people for that matter to officiate because it just isn't worth it because fans are 
measurably nuttier than ever before. So this isn't unique to basketball or to us or to anybody. It, it's it's everywhere and. I mean, crimes against umpiring is an actual thing that's right. before legislature. That, that's where we are now, is we need legislation to make that a, f- a felony. I mean, come on. Big news in women's college basketball this week, just yesterday, press conference in uh, Baton Rouge. Kim Mulkey, after 20 years at Baylor, three national championships at Baylor, last national championship was 2019, just two years ago has left to go, she's from Tickfall, Louisiana, played basketball at Louisiana Tech. She is the new head coach at LSU, which was kind of shocking. I don't think we've ever seen a a coach who won multiple NCAA championships then go to a new school. So um, I haven't covered a game in Baton Rouge. Since Simone Augustus was there. Yeah, in a really, really long time. So, um, but I have a feeling I, I covered, will be. I, I haven't the next covered few one years. there since uh, Pete Maravich was playing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like huge news, and then who's going to get the Baylor job and all of that? But um, yeah, it's kind of like exciting off season. We don't have a lot of these in women's college basketball. Last year, the big news this time of year was when Muffet McGraw retired. No one kind of expected that. And now you've got uh, Kim Mulkey. Moving on over to Baton Rouge. You were about to say moving on up. No, moving on over. Right? Geographically. I was just thinking of Jefferson's theme right, song. Right, no, I know. Jefferson's airs before the Johnny Carson Tonight Show mm-hmm. on whatever obscure cable channel that that is. And so sometimes we catch the tail end of the Jeffersons with the Jefferson's theme song playing before segueing into Johnny's theme. Yes, we do. For like a monologue from 1981. Actually, there was huge... News in the WNBA with Jennifer Rosati taking the job with the Connecticut Sun as the president of the Connecticut Sun, coming back home after however many years down in D.C. as the head coach of George Washington. So exciting stuff happening, don't you think? I'm, I'm, can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I'm trembling not from, from the shot, but from all of the excitement that I'm, that I'm feeling. Right, I can tell. I'm just distracted because I've I've opened the the queue to the you've viewer opened mail. the vault. I've opened the vault and, and there's a lot of it. So I, I, let's just let's dive just right get in. into it. Yeah, I don't. We don't need any great preambles. Do we get to do the music at least? I, should we? Yes. Okay. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer Due to our own neglect, some of the some of the mail is now so old that um, I won't even I won't get into it. The the, the writers of the mail may no longer remember having written. Um, but uh, Andy in Durham, thank you for your uh, comments on my story in the SI baseball preview on pitchers' uh, inability to hit. Uh, Rebecca, welcome back from San Antonio. This is how back, how far back we're going. Deb has questions about the officiating of the tournament that she will no longer remember, that she will no longer remember having written, but she does that at the end of her, at the end of her, she's our resident GOAT expert. Uh, no segue here, but David Bowie had one brown eye and one blue eye, just like your dog, Jesse. It's actually our dog, Kasha, that has the one uh, blue eye. Jesse has two brown eyes, but uh, did you consider Bowie for a name? I suppose Bowie isn't a good girl's name. In fact, 
um, it was the first thing we thought of was was David Bowie when we saw uh, Kasha's eyes, but she came prepackaged with that name. We didn't name either of our dogs, and uh, Bowie would have been a great name. It would have been a great name. Max Scherzer, I think we mentioned this of the of the Washington Nationals, also has uh, one blue eye. Uh, Chris in Connecticut writes. Today I had some free time and I started poking around my health insurance app. I only started looking because of the rewards DGS and other listeners are earning toward their health savings accounts. Lo and behold, as it turns out, my healthcare provider offers me that as well. I've been ex- exercising for free all year and I missed three months of activities, but at least I know I can get them now and it's all because of Ball and Chain and the DGS. Thanks everyone, Chris and Chester. Is there DGS anything worse? should be able to bill him for a consultation. That's is, a medical issue. Is there anything worse than exercising without getting your bonus points? <laughs> I mean, you used to what, say what, that to what, me, what, like if my Fitbit, um, if something went wrong with my Fitbit, and uh, and my steps weren't calculated or whatever, you you would say to me, "Who cares? You you still did the steps. Who cares if your watch counted them?" And it's a fair point. It, it, it's it's it, what a, what a complete waste of time. It's as we've mentioned before, your dad watching four hours of Giants Forty Niners with us in two thousand one, and at the end when the Giants lost that playoff game, saying saying. Uh, I can't believe I I wasted that was my. That was a complete waste. That of was time. a complete waste of time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was nice to meet you too. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of uh, uh, DGS emails from from uh, long ago reviewing previous podcasts, but uh, in one of them he says, "Rebecca, please know that if you and any of your friends are stuck overnight in the Atlanta airport, scrambling for a ride slash hotel, etc., because I think that was what happened to you on the on the way down, yes, San Antonio, that Mrs. Doctor Siegel and I would warmly welcome into our home you and your peeps at any time of day or night. We can offer soft beds, warm showers, and PB and J sandwiches made to your specifications." <laughs> Actually, I need to get DGS's. Um email so that if that ever happens i can take him up on that offer a bob in huntersville north carolina writes as work from home adults you're missing out on the covid 19 the pandemic routine of daily temperature checks before entering the workplace upon entering school each day my temperature falls somewhere in the mid to upper 90s prompting me to dream which fm radio station i am kiss fm 97.3 97 rock 96.9 or the river 95.7. (laughs) I mean, is it the same station pretty much everywhere Everywhere in this country, isn't it? Yes. How did they choose this? The River. I understand The Rock, but I I, I do have... And he also asked, have you seen the PBS American Masters episode about Doc Severinsen? I have not. I am looking for that. I'm eagerly uh, uh, awaiting that. Doc is still performing, I think, uh, well into his 90s. He's the last of the the, uh, staples of that... that, uh, Tonight Show era. Dear Stephen and Rebecca, writes Steve, our intrepid northern suburbs correspondent in the Twin Cities. It was good to hear you back on the podcast. Uh, I listened while filling out my last ever FAFSA form for my youngest daughter, who will be a senior in college next fall. FAFSA. Oh, financial aid something. Okay, right, right. 11 straight years of doing it, doing so, and it has not gotten any less labyrinthian, so thanks for the diversion. Steve, this past week I reread both Stingray Afternoons and Nights in White Castle, this time much more slowly than the first time I devoured each. Many times I laughed out loud, thus drawing quizzical looks from those around me. Well, thank you. Rereading both in a week, that's uh, impressive. That makes me feel good. Your stories of working concessions at the Old Met Stadium reminded me of one time I ever worked a concession stand while a sophomore in high school. It seems that some brain wizards had determined to staff the football concession stand on Friday nights with members of various other sports teams. When the swim team's turn came in the rotation, several of us volunteered and never have more foxes been charged with guarding the hen house than that evening. Well, multiply this by uh, 100 kids and you had Met Stadium. 
Completely unaware that the same teacher who meticulously kept track of the school's sports equipment also inventoried the candy, soda cups, popcorn boxes, and chip bags, we proceeded throughout the game to hand out free everything to our friends, our friends' friends, pretty girls, and any scruffy little kids who reminded us of our younger, scruffy selves. To be sure, we kept some semblance of legitimacy by taking in money from the front counter, but the back door was the equivalent of an open-door food shelf serving candy, chips, popcorn, and sodas, our version of a Friday night free-for-all. When the stores finally ran out, we dutifully cleaned up, locked the doors, and thought we had really pulled one over on those crazy enough to put us in charge. The next Monday, however, we were shown the fallacy of that thinking when we were called into the athletic director's office and informed that each of us owed roughly $52.1978 to the till for our night's work. Pay up and all would be forgiven and forgotten. Not wanting to have any my parents find out or in any way blemish my permanent record, I quietly withdrew the funds from my TCF bank passbook account and paid my debt. I had not thought about the events of that evening in years. Wow. When I worked when I worked at the Tom Thumb convenience store, friends friends in quotation marks of mine would walk in, grab like a frozen pizza or a, a liter bottle of Mountain Dew or whatever, wave to me at the counter and walk out, challenging me to do anything about it. Well, of course, what I did about it was I would end up that mu- amount of money short in the till that night, and then the manager would quiz me the next day, and I'd say, I don't know what happened. Would you take it out of your check? Oh, that would have required me to pay him. So, uh, no, as far as I know, because he also knew that that. He also knew that I knew that he spent many of his hours, this is the middle-aged manager, sitting on the shrink-wrapped pallet of, of nudie, shall mags. We say, nudie magazines that would then be uh, discreetly covered, you know, half-covered and, and put on, on the magazine rack in the, uh, in the Tom Thumb convenience store. Yeah. So. Delightful. Yeah, we had, it was mutually assured destruction. Right. In, in, in this case. I never again worked concessions. Instead, I spent my Saturdays and some evenings sacking groceries at the local Penny supermarket in the moment, however, and even in retrospect after paying the money, I have to say that the fun we had was well worth it. Thank you, Steve. Um, Rebecca, did you ever sack of groceries? Uh, no, I do that now, but never for a living or never for, for a true. job. That's true. Have you become good at it? I think I'm pretty good at, at bagging groceries. I am groceries. terrific. I remember as a kid. I think I'm pretty quick and I get the frozen stuff, the heavy stuff on the bottom, yeah. the, the light stuff on w- top. When I was a kid, I would have loved if the people at the grocery store let you bag your own groceries because I always was watching and thinking, you know, thinking of it like a puzzle or a Jenga thing. Oh, I could put that in there, put that in there. And so I still take a little bit of joy and pride when I get to bag my own groceries. Uh, Alfred and Elizabeth write, Alfred and Elizabeth, Alfred and Elizabeth, right? Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Back in episode one sixty two, you talked about the longevity of toasters. The yes, longevity we did. of toasters. Mm-hmm. What a great phrase. Yes. Ours is. Guess how old theirs is, Rebecca? Rebecca. Well, if they're writing in, it's significant. So uh, tell me, it's twenty years old. Ours is thirty one years old. It was a wedding gift from a dear friend who went to Marquette with us. You can see it in the attached photo. We use it to make toast that we eat while listening to your podcast on Saturday mornings. Best, Alfred and Elizabeth. And look at this. It is a Krups. It, 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 it's, it's it doesn't have a dial, I'm guessing, that you turn like, to bagel like a, or toast. It looks like a Bose speaker. It's white. It's sleek. It's Krups. It looks like a sewing Krups machine. Krups microchip. Well, it's it's obviously a, a good piece of... Um, I wonder if they let other people touch their toaster. Like, I don't know if they have kids or grandkids or whatever, but if people come over... Do they do they say go make yourself some toast or is it no I'll make you I'll put the bread in and make the toast I wouldn't let someone touch my toaster if it was prized possession like that. Roger, the Colorado cyclist, the uh, waving yes. Colorado cyclist, yes. whose daughter I believe is a is a college basketball coach. He has mentioned in the yes. past. Uh, update on that little girl. He writes. Figured I would send an update. Audra's team 
The Otero Rattlers is headed to Lubbock for the JUCO National Championships after taking down number three in the nation, Casper College, in the Region 9 Championship game. She now has her first net. Oh, and Rebecca, basketball season is far from over. over. JUCO still has 24 teams dancing. This, of course, is from, When's this from? from April 13th. Uh, and here she is on the ladder. I don't know if they have an official What's ladder supplier. What's the name supplier, of our team? But look at this. Amazing. Tell Waiting me the name of our team again. The Otero Rattlers. Uh, 94-89 victory. High scoring affair. Uh, here's pictures from the celebration. So fantastic. Congratulations. Um, just a quick update. Roger uh, writes again. Um, Audra and her team, the Otero Rattlers, did win one game in the, in the NJCAA tournament and unfortunately lost to the number two team in the nation per the last rankings, Northwest Florida State College. I will say watching the tournament has given me a new appreciation for JC basketball and some of the great athletes, particularly those from overseas, that play for many of those teams. Well, congratulations. They went 19-4 and four on the season because, of course, as soon as you said it, I looked up their... Uh their stats. That's a that's a great year. Congratulations. I'm just curious, Rebecca. What what impact do you think this year being a grace year from from an eligibility standpoint will have? I think there's over 1,000 players in the portal, the transfer portal. So that's one of it. Trans players can transfer this year without any without having to sit out. They get the year back. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm interested because a player conceivably, like say uh, Caitlin Clark or Paige Beckers could play in college for five years if they wanted to because this last year didn't count and how is that going to mess with record books if right. you have players who choose to play um a fifth year i think record books are becoming uh, increasingly yeah, obsolete madison true. bumgarner threw a no hitter but it was seven innings because double headers are now only seven innings in major league baseball so it doesn't count but it wasn't his decision to make it a seven inning game and he would have right. pitched seven more john in atlanta writes hey rebecca and steve I have to tell you that the day after I listened to your podcast, my 19-year-old daughter, Rebecca, hit a curb and blew out two tires. She said it sounded like a gunshot. I went over and she was upset as expected, but AAA came out and towed the car to her mechanic and all is good. I'm glad you are okay too, Rebecca. It's a very common thing and my, my mechanic told me. This made her feel better too. I love the podcast and I have to say you can add me to the list of perfect listeners. I've listened to everyone and look forward to each week. I'm glad you are both safe and doing well. Thanks for keeping the pod going and looking forward to many more. So he've cha he's changed it from a completionist to a perfect listener. <laughs> it's like pitching a perfect game. It's the difference between a, uh, it's the difference between a perfect game and a no hitter. So Mark Simon, who raised the question about how many of you are completionists, I would say he's a, and, and he would know better than anybody, is a baseball um, historian and statistical uh, wizard. Guru. Um, I wonder if there's a difference between ball and chain uh, completionists. And ball and chain perfectionists like the difference between a, a perfect game and a no hitter. I don't and, and a perfect a perfect game. We'll leave it to Mark. I'm sure he will know. come come uh, back at us with the answer the to that. Would be. But uh, Chris writes, "Oh dear, uh, his his email is headed convinced versus persuaded." Hi, Rebecca and Steve. In the last episode, you talked about your daughter's experience of needing to wait for the next episode of the Mighty Ducks show on Disney Plus. The Steves high horse moment in discussing the difference of convinced versus persuaded made me think about the difference between anxiety and anticipation in today's instant gratification society a sense of anticipation can be great but it can also bring about anxiety for instance i wait in anticipation for each week's podcast and when you, then when you are not able to record when i have anxiety wondering what happened for example did rebecca finally snap when steve interrupted her and called the divorce attorney I hope I've convinced you that anticipation can create anxiety or at least persuaded you. Also, Rebecca, I saw the WNBA We Got Next ad from 25 years ago. What do the kids think when they see that ad? I anticipate next week's podcast. Sincerely, your resident chief human resources officer and completionist, although not a charter member, that would be my wife. 
Uh, that is Chris. Thank you, Chris. You know, you actually years ago said made made it clear to me the difference between being eager and, and anxious. anxious. My dad was and always one who says, "I'm anxious to get going," and and you're not anxious to go. You're eager, eager to get going. And anxious anxiety. Yes. And athletes use that a lot. College athletes use that a lot, and it always like triggers a, a place in my brain if an if an athlete says, "You know, I'm anxious about whatever," when you know they mean they're eager about something, and of course. Unlike you, I don't say to them, no, actually, you're eager, but I'm aware I, of it because of you. I would say you. that. To, I, would, I would be interviewing, say— You'd be a, like, Mad Bum, no, uh, you're— Yeah, Mad Bum, you, you said you were anxious to get to your next start, but you really mean you're eager. And then he, he would take uh, his, his sanitary sock off and, and clap it over my face until I passed out. Like, how, or the towel that you were talking yeah, about yes, that you exactly. bring to AAU yeah. games. Uh, George, our, our monocle croaky and uh, jeweler's loop dealer— writes, Rebecca, in answer to your question from last week, I do cataract surgery on Wednesdays. He mentioned yes. listening to the podcast on his way to surgery. And yes, your podcast does help me get in the right frame of mind. Frame, I, I, I don't know if there's a pun. Is unintentional there when doing cataract surgery. You get the, you get the cataract sunglasses still, I assume, after <laughs> surgery. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, that, he that, can tell us. That's, that I've seen some people wear just as a fashion accessory. Your clever take on daily events makes life seem less stressful, at least for a while. It's probably why so many of the listeners have thank you for continuing ball and chain during COVID-19, the pandemic. Thank you for letting us participate. Thank you, George, in Columbus. Um, it's made life seem less stressful, perhaps made people less anxious perhaps. and more eager. Perhaps for their Wednesday surgery. Uh, Kevin writes... Uh, Cagers. The day after hearing the podcast discussing the old-time sports references, I came across this in a box of mementos of my 88-year-old mom. I had no idea she had played basketball as a kid, but there she is. Francis Crichton, middle row, third from right. This photo of girl cagers would have been from around 1946 in Rockford, Illinois. And here it is, a newspaper clipping. Uh, girl cagers finished successful season. Rebecca, I'm going to have you take a look at this. 1946 uh, girls hoops team. And tell me what you think of the fashions. So they're in blousey blouses and skirts, or is that a dress? They certainly are not in, um, and the women in the back are in tartan skirts, so certainly not in, um, you know, the equivalent of the Nike dry fit moisture wicking fabric of today's basketballers. And yet what ballers? They're hooping in 1946. Amazing, yes. And, and hooping with, with that stuff draped over them instead of what I'm sure the guys were wearing at the time. Putting the rock back in Rockford. What the guy what the guys were wearing were like satin short shorts at the time with belts. Uh, Rachel writes, uh, I'm happy to report that I was one of the lucky ones that discovered the podcast very early on. I believe I joined the second week. It's been a fun adventure, and I look forward to listening each week. I have to say this year's NCAA Women's Tournament was fabulous. Kim Mulkey to LSU didn't see that one coming. Rebecca, what are your thoughts? I think you've given us three. Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Me and my boys started watching this one based on your discussion last week. I have to say that I am pleasantly surprised and look forward to upcoming Episodes for driver education here in Idaho. You can get your license at the ripe old age of 15. My 14-year-old son is chomping at the bit, and I'm not looking forward to it at all. I think he's eager, probably not anxious. This is uh, Ralph. Hi, Steve. On Election Day of 1962, I was profoundly disappointed when election coverage preempted the Bugs Bunny show. As I remember, the school co-ed gym classes were on Wednesdays. We might have played girls basketball the following day. I think uh, the worst game ever invented because one was always on defense or offense. Maybe the uh, girls did not like it either. However, Brenda Freeze played the game in Iowa and had an avid following there. She was on offense, shades of Debbie Antonelli. Somewhere, well, somewhere along the way, writes Ralph, I learned the saying, philately will get you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, is he equating that to Iowa basketball? <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad Tiffany and Stewie were on the team that won the Euro Championship 
uh, Ralph in Maryland. Thank you, Ralph. And let's get to DGS, Rebecca. Dear Rebecca and Steve, despite having a 63-year-old husband brain that forgets things and a bald spot through which information seeps, I'm pretty certain that I am also a completionist. I eagerly await each week's podcast, and along with so many other viewers, I appreciate your generosity, kindness, banter, humor, and love that go into each podcast. You don't need to persuade or convince me to listen to every episode. Rebecca, I'll try to get a bit better and watch more than the last eight minutes of women's college basketball games next season, but please remember that sometimes my time is not my own. I know that you're a bit behind on mail. <laughs> he, he did not write that as no, no, as angrily as you just read it. Well, I know I'm, I know Dr. Siegel well enough, protect- even though we've never met, to know he did not write that angrily. Well, when you're, when you're lodging at his house on your next Atlanta... Uh, Eating my over. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes. I know that you're a bit behind on the mail, so I, I do wish to keep this brief. Steve, a prior email has referenced your Sports Illustrated article on the perils of pitchers batting. However, Atlanta Braves pitcher... Uh, Oscar Inoa has a start as a starting pitcher on 423-21 recently had the following line six innings pitched two earned runs 3.6 ERA two for two at bat one RBI a 429 average and a double lastly while I do not subscribe to the theory that your Alexa or similar device is spying on you I did find it eerie that my Amazon Fire tablet which includes Alexa answered when it heard Alexa spoken on the TV show all the best Gary our Alexa the other day how about this so one of my friends was here dropping off our daughter. I think she brought her home from soccer. And she was talking to you about Grubhub or um, Uber Eats. And it was in our kitchen where our Alexa is. The next morning, the next morning, I had an email, the email that's attached to the, to the Amazon account, asking me if I was interested in one of those Uber Eats or uh, Grubhub. So of course it's listening. I've never gotten an email about either of those food delivery apps but the day after she's talking to you about it it shows up in there it's it's listening dr gary siegel it's listening and, and, and what about amazon's corporate uh, ethos would make you think that it wasn't listening of course. of course it's listening on that note thank you denny tom dick harry play us out Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.